Welcome to the War is Everything podcast, where we share scripture, discuss the Christian metal scene and music, and help promote lesser-known bands. I'm Zachariah. And I'm Hunter. And we are your hosts. All right, today's scripture comes from Matthew 13, and it's verse 30, which says, Permit both to grow until the harvest, and at the time of the harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather first the weeds and bind them into bundles to burn, but the wheat gather into my storehouse. Well, we have another guest, and I'm excited because this one wasn't one that I necessarily planned. I didn't even have to reach out a whole lot. In fact, I can kind of blame Aaron. I mean, thank Aaron for this one. Blame um, Aaron. And the all-consuming podcast uh, Discord because of their uh, band connections and meeting Joe on the Lazarus Complex channel, and he bothered me in, in the Blue Fire Horizon channel. I tried to ban him, but it I don't know. It didn't work. Maybe Gary didn't give me the right permissions. So I don't know. That's fine. But uh, we have Joe and we have Jacob from uh, Lazarus Complex. So welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. So glad to finally have you guys on. Apparently, this has been something that people have been asking for, and I'm just not active in that server. So when people say something, I'm just not paying attention. So when it says, I have 12 notifications all (laughs) tagging me saying, hey, talk to Joe. I'm like, oh. Okay, I guess I should talk to Joe. I am also in that <laughs> server and have the entire thing muted. So, <laughs> Gary, we, uh... if you listen to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm already busy enough with everything that's, else yeah, I have going on. Fair. There's different things going on in that that server every like 12 seconds. Yeah, I mean, they you have guys a lot are more still people. busy in yours too. That's yeah. I mean, we stay very connected in our server, and that's something I think that we're happy about because we get to really connect and not with just with other artists, but with the people that are genuinely interested in talking to us, whether they're fans of our music or whatnot. So, I have no idea why they would be, but I don't. Yeah. It's whatever. They can't understand the lyrics. That's why. <laughs> Maybe that's their whole reason. They just like, look, I just want to understand. What are you saying? Yeah. And we refuse and then to we give tease them. them and don't tell them. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Glad to have you guys on. I want to at least start off with the band name, Lazarus Complex. It seems simple enough, but I want you guys to dive into it. So what's the meaning behind it? So uh, the meaning behind it is actually like a kind of a double-edged sword on it. It's um, It comes from the, the medical phenomenon of a Lazarus Complex when somebody is pronounced dead and they have come back to life without any sort of outside forces, you know, any sort of resuscitation. Like they were pronounced dead and all of a sudden they're alive again, you know, eight, 10 minutes later. Hmm. <clears throat> and that's how, you know, God worked in my life in such a, a spiritual way. You know, I, I was very dead um, and it's, I was not going to church. I wasn't reading scripture. I was, a, I was a bad Christian and I got a, a, punch in the face from god himself and he's like wake up and that was very reminiscent of when jesus said you know wake up to lazarus and he woke from the dead i like it i'm glad i'm not a doctor because i had no idea about that (laughs) (laughs) so all right i wish i wish you were a doctor because then my medical bills would be cheaper because i could just go to you for everything (laughs) Hey, even if I am a doctor, doesn't make me a good doctor. <laughs> I mean, look at you. You're a dad. It doesn't mean, you know. 
you're a guitarist it doesn't mean you're a good guitarist also true <laughs> and i mean hey that that's Ooh. i'm not even fighting on that one <laughs> hunter is absolutely be... hunter is absolutely the butt of every joke just yeah, just I'm, so you know i'm the blue fire horizon punching bag it's fine i'm used to this I mean, I, I feel you though. We're all going to be replaced by robots instrumentally, so I'm in the same boat as you. <laughs> I'm just waiting until I know computers well enough to be able to program everything I need, and then I can just get rid of everyone else. <laughs> Walk up on stage with three different laptops. <laughs> all right, guys, here we go. Just hit the MacBook to uh, pro- promo hype, talk to the crowd, <laughs> put in the Jabber script. Oh, you guys do it today. I was really hoping for the Microsoft Sam voice, but obviously not on a MacBook. But that would be great. We can make it happen. So, all right. So we got the name of the band. Now let's talk music. What are the general, like, influences, Christian, non-Christian? What's the stuff that you guys like to listen to? What's the stuff that helped you form the sound of Lazarus Complex? (laughs) If you take... 2005 to 2009 metalcore and you shove it into a bottle (laughs) okay and you shake it up and you let it all pop out at once all right that's kind of i I know jake can get more into it too for specific bands but that's kind of the main uh influence anything from haste the day beneath the sky bleeding through becoming the archetype okay just this great mush of you know there was no rules back then it was you know you had bleeding through who would go from metalcore to deathcore and then add symphonic and you'd be like what Mm -hmm. yep oh yeah the instrumental stuff they'd have acoustic guitar things out of nowhere yep exactly (laughs) and then oh yeah you know devil wears prada attack attack adding synth and like beats and stuff and you're like what is going on here (laughs) am i having a stroke (laughs) (laughs) what the heck yeah no that's awesome Jake, you got some stuff? Uh, I can definitely cite a lot of the early thousands. Like, you think of any name that comes off the early thousands, you'd think in like your Zayos, your Demon Hunters, your Kill Switch Engages. Like, mm. those type of people were all I listened to when I was first getting into metal. So, like, that was my head on experience with just getting into heavier music because I grew up listening to stuff like, uh, the safe church bands like Thousand Foot Crutch, Scale It. And, all those guys, it's like, oh, this is hard rock, but it's, you know, parental approved and for Jesus. Yay. And then you find out there's another <laughs> level to it. It's like, oh, it's still approved, but they're screaming and they're angry about yeah. it. Yay. <laughs> I love how you, you referred to them as the safe church bands. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I'm sure everybody who listens to this, especially us who are in, you know, in this interview currently, all of us know exactly who you're talking about as soon as you said that. It's the bands that were the heavier ones that were still in the Christian bookstores. Yep. Their CDs were on the shelves. And mom always looked at it like, that looks scary, but okay. <laughs> well, funny story. It, um, you know how I got into Red? The band Red. Like, you familiar with them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. My mom picked up their first album, um, End of Silence, and she handed it to me. And she says, I think you might like this one because the cover has a guy screaming on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. And I ended up liking the album. So, hey, there you go. It worked. (laughs) 
was a bit of a different experience for me. My my mom got me for Christmas. I'm never going to forget it. it. Was becoming the archetypes terminate damnation. She's mm. like some coworker of mine recommended this to me because he like he knows you like heavy music and wanted a Christian band. And I was like, okay, Christian Christian metal can't be that heavy. And <laughs> I was uh I was proven wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Jason Wisdom's voice is a punch in the face. Fun fact. Uh, what was it? A week ago today, Jason Wisdom was sleeping in this room. because He was up here playing Life Fest and needed a place to stay. So. Nice. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, for anybody in the podcast, be uh, be on the watch out for him jumping on because uh, that was our requested favor. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so, so at some point, he was obviously very busy, travel, all that fun stuff but uh yeah Yeah, jason wisdom honestly and it was it's nice to see that he's back working with uh becoming the archetype so i mean he still has death therapy obviously but uh you know that's who he was playing with yeah last week Mm. but working with those guys again and uh i thought there was another member who came back to do something the Um, original drummer yes that's who it was yeah and then then their original guitarist did a guest feature on the song that they just released. I yeah, Dan uh, came on and did a solo, and it right yeah. now it's just Seth, Jason, and Duck in the band. Correct. Yeah, yeah, Duck. That's that's who I was thinking of. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. Jason Wisdom becoming the archetype. Yeah. Uh, Terminate Damnation. That's a classic. I think I think our drummer was gonna pee himself when he heard that <laughs> the archetype was back together. <laughs> I mean, hey, when it's something that uh, you grew up on, not saying I have, I did, but uh, it it's something that you will never, I guess, shake loose of, especially as you move forward, because that will always be a base point for you at, you know, at some point in mm-hmm. your life. You remember it enough. And obviously for us as musicians, I think it's a little different because we remember songs, we remember albums, we remember artists very differently mm-hmm. than the general populace. But uh yeah, when you can just pull that up out of nowhere, it's like, okay, that one obviously had impact. I'm not going to remember the name of every album that I've ever listened to, but there will definitely be certain ones. For sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's that's definitely the vibe <coughs> that I was getting. I was kind of... So the song that we're actually looking at is Burn hmm. uh, off of... Is it an EP or was it a full album for full sick? Album full album okay so the full album and uh so that song i was like okay there's a lot of very fast picking so i wasn't sure if you guys <laughs> were going for like a, a blackened kind of sound or what was going on with that but i i love the song so i i'm excited to talk about that at some point uh here in this episode but yeah so that's the song that we'll be focusing on overall in that album how did that guys go for uh, or how did that go for you guys when you were trying to like write that when you were guys were planning it out? Uh, what Oof. was the process? <laughs> that was an album. Yeah, that was an album. <laughs> we say that every time we think about it because there's yeah. just there was so much going on in the background for both of us at the time when we were putting together the songs for that that like it took a lot of our mutual like. I don't want to say like suffering, but just definitely some struggle. <laughs> put it there. Like, I would say suffering. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say creating an album. There can be a lot of suffering in there. Yeah. Trust mm-hmm. me. We just I'm... finished up ours. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I... 
there was definitely just a lot of stuff that got put into that album that we were both dealing with. And it, it feels like a very strong union of where we, where we were both coming from, even though some of the song topics originally might have leaned more towards one person. I feel like we met straight in the middle on a lot of it. And one of the big tough things, too, is uh, we don't record in person currently. It's uh, when we were about a six hour drive apart when we wrote and recorded that album. So it was like I would write something, throw it on a Google Drive, send it off to Jake and be like, Jake, what do you think of this? And be like, OK, cool. You know, what if you did this? And then while you're doing that on this demo, I'm going to do vocals and then send it back. And it was just like this nonstop back and forth process all online. And it was super crazy that. You know, I'm, I'm happy that Burn is a lot of people's favorites to be like, we never did this in person together. Yeah. Jeez. And it was mixed in the second bedroom of a two bedroom apartment. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So, guitar and vocals, who works on the drums or is it both of you guys? And how does that work out? So, Joe programs the drums in mm. this good old program called Tabit. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. It wasn't that like around in the early 1900s or something like that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was the Victorian area. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but no, he uses Tabit, and I've never seen somebody work stuff out like so fast within like just a short span of time. Like he'll have a whole section just like. It's kind of like watching those movies where the hackers just like. I'm in. <laughs> Let me put it this way too. Like I have to individually. So you know how it's like you're in MIDI, you can click, 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 and mm-hmm. then like prop and stuff. So I have to individually type out each physical number per 16th note space. Jeez. So if like I would go like 36, then like hit the right arrow key. So I'd be like 36, click, and like yeah. I'd be playing my fingers as fast as the drums would be going essentially. And then I would have to go back and be like, all right, are we doing a ride or a crash? All right, 49, 49, 49, and then 40 for the snare. It was, let me tell you this, August Burns Red wrote their first album on it. Jeez. <laughs> on Tabit. That's why I said, leave me alone. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're old. <laughs> oh. Look, I'm in my prime. <laughs> I'm in my prime. He's his stroke his beard. <laughs> the bald guy with a couple gray, be- gray be- uh, hairs in his beard. I've been. They're old. blonde. They're blonde. But Poor getting Joe. back on. Come on, man. Embrace yeah. it. Just embrace it. I shaved the head. <laughs> yeah. Getting back on track, but he programs out the drum MIDI. And mm-hmm. for the final mix down, at least what we've done for the majority of our recent stuff, is I'll actually take that, uh, bounce off that tabit file into a midi and run it through stuff like superior drummer or not even superior okay. drummer anymore we use a uh, get good drums now get good nice do you guys have a specific pack that you prefer to use currently invasion okay it's a solid one it's a solid one yeah. it's a, definitely a, a modern metal drum kind of sound so i said oh, angry yeah. snare it's a very angry yes. snare I yeah, like the first three snares the first time I actually sent him a sample with the invasion kit, he's like, that <laughs> snare is angry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, honestly, whatever process works, I, I just find myself 
comfortable in modern DAWs. Uh, mm-hmm. Our original guitarist, who was our engineer at the time for recording, used Logic, which was something that a lot of people at least get used to when they go to engineering uh, school classes, whatever, for mm-hmm. audio engineering. Um, I use Cubase personally. I've also used Pro Tools. Pro mm-hmm. Tools is for the rich people, and I'm not one yeah. of those. So, <laughs> yeah, because everything is here. You get basically a soundboard. Oh, you wanted reverb that's going to be another five hundred dollars oh yeah. you wanted faders for your soundboard that's going to be another hundred yeah. like come on dude just give me the program <laughs> so yeah. i don't know we have cubase which is it's okay and it works all right we don't have anything fancy we just use the uh the midi we export the midi and we send that to our engineer and he uh puts it in imports it for uh the kits that he uses so works nice. out better that way anyway so we get yeah. the general idea and he gives us a better product. <laughs> so I'm very familiar. As long as you're comfortable with your program, DAW, whatever, go ahead and use that. Joe, don't let him make fun of you. It's what you're uh, used make to. Make fun of him. It's fun. Making well, fun I'll of convert him to Reaper. Okay. <laughs> that way, the paid version or the free version? The paid uh, version. Paid okay. version is only 60 bucks. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's cheap. Doesn't mean everybody pays it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Like if you're on trial forever, sure. You can do it that way. But for me, it was worth it to pay the full 60 bucks and have the full access. Sure. Mm. And it's been just such a solid program to work with. Yeah. I've heard Reaper has a a good learning curve, but uh, there's one there. Definitely. Uh, It's different than the other ones. Uh, One of our friends tried suggesting one of them and I was just like, that's not even in the list. Like, why are you suggesting that one? (laughs) It was the one that Hal suggested. I can't remember which one. And he said uh, something studio or something like that. I was just like, no, Hal, get out of here. I don't remember. Ollie Presonus then? Well, it's probably the Presonus one. I was just like, or Studio One. Yeah, I was yeah, like, was studio. studio One. Get out of here. <laughs> I was thinking Studio One, but at the same time, I didn't want to say it because yeah. I was like 50% confident in that. I okay. didn't want to sound like a moron yeah. if I Zach- was wrong. No, Zechariah is the old man of our group. He does <laughs> not do technology. I'm trying to get him used to recording and the process and all that fun stuff. Oh, so, so then he's familiar with Tabit. No. <laughs> no, he's, that's, that's he's not that old. Me. He's he's the uh, oblivious, <laughs> ignorant old man. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not the old man of the group, like, physically, just technologically. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. In fact, he's the second youngest. So. Yep. <laughs> Poor guy. So anyway, so when you guys did that uh, for the entire album, was it pretty much just guitar, vocals, drums, like all the way through? Or was were there certain songs that came out better, you know, when one part was written? Hmm. Um, I guess a big thing with that is... So I, I, uh, I recruited a guitar teacher for um, that album as well to help me really break down my songwriting and hmm. challenge and also a drum teacher. Um, and my guitar teacher is uh, Howie from Within Destruction. Okay. And uh, I, I remember I would write something and then, you know, we would sit down in a lesson and look at it and he'd be like, nah, do more, do more, do more. And so, like, next thing I know, it was, uh, like, one of, one of the examples is Reconcile. Reconcile used to be a song beginning to end, no chorus or anything. And the part that was the chorus now, he's like, what is this? This is a crazy hook. Write the song around this. And I was like, oh, oh okay. And next thing I know, I have, like, 
the floor pulled out from under me, the walls are moving. And it's just like everything that I've written is just all being torn down to be built back up. And now I have to send this whole new song over to Jake. <clears throat> I'm like, here you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> have fun. That one is one of my favorites because it is kind of like, it's a different turn for us for sure. Especially adding in the clean vocals the way we did. Mm. Nice. But yeah, with, with music wise, it's kind of like, I'll, I'll write like a demo that's mostly just guitar and drums, just like left and right track. And then maybe a, a dub extra guitar down the middle, the mm. drum, I'll, I'll write it as a demo, send it off to Jake and be like, what do you think of this? You know, what if I added stuff? He would kind of give me his critiques on it and then I would get it back and I would add more chain stuff, stuff like that. And that's kind of really what most of sick was like. So instead of just asking if that, if, or if you think that made it better, how do you think that made it better in having uh, having him there to really help you uh, in your songwriting experience, get that stuff? How did that transform how you were doing it to how you do it now? Uh, one of the big things now is while I write something, I go, what would Howie say? <laughs> what would because, Jesus do? <laughs> <laughs> because like I would write something and I would go to a lesson with him. And he'd be like, we literally just talked about this last week. You have a bad habit of repeating parts. You can take a very small quarter measure, change it up and be like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, he broke a lot of my bad habits and really made me more creative. And then it was a similar thing as uh, my drum teacher is Matt Griner. So it was working oh. with him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not everybody says yeah. that. I, he, he, oh gosh, he, he was brutal. He's great. I love him. Uh, but I would write something and he'd be like, okay, what can you do to improve it? And then I would sit there like blank faced for like 30 seconds and be like, uh, and be like, okay, this is what you need to do then. You need to, and, uh, you know, like in Burn, I didn't have the um, the quick eighth note runs off the ride symbol. You know, it used to be like ting, ting, ting. He's like, no, add some, add the, f-. and he, sure. Matt would break me down too and be like, no, do more, do more, do more. And it was between the both of them, they really broke me down to say, do more. All right. I like that. For anybody who hasn't heard it, when they hear burn at the end of the episode, they'll understand. (laughs) But uh, for those who have heard it, you guys already understand. So just uh, pay attention, extra attention to the details once we get to the song at the end, because you guys might hear some stuff you haven't heard quite yet. So, all right. So you did that through pretty much the entire album. So pretty much guitar sent off well guitar plus whatever drums you could put together send it Mm -hmm. off to jake jake says yes no maybe sends it back maybe with some vocals and then you basically uh, have that with your instructors and try to continue the process what does it what point do you guys get to yes this is done (laughs) well for for me so i can listen to it and i'll do multiple listens both on my system at home, I'll listen to it in the car, listen to it on earphones. And if I feel mm-hmm. like if we do anything more to it, we might be pushing it too far. That's usually when I'll suggest like, hey, we're mm-hmm. at a good point. Because what I what I try to do is that I like to try to avoid a lot of 
mega revision because you think like, oh, I could just change this little thing here, then this little thing here. And you're like going off this whole side branch that you never intended to go off in the first place. And it's kind of like muddied up the water. So like we try to keep it yep. reined in to like what the main feel and idea is kind of what the energy of the song is at the time. And if it, if we feel like it's gotten to a good point where it's like, yeah, then that's usually when I'll suggest a stop. So it's more of a big picture thing. You're not sitting there twisting dials, tiny, you know, quarter, quarter measure, just like trying to barely I, dial it in because something isn't quite right. You're like, no, okay. The song is where I want it to be. If I were to do this, it would take me down this path that just I'm adjusting everything again. Yeah, I'm 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 a very detail oriented person, which helps me in my day job. But for stuff like mixing, where you kind of want to balance the details and what you're putting out to your audience, I think there's got to be a point where you've got to hold back on like trying to ultra fine tune things and just mm. let certain things be, because they'll. Not to sound like an old fart here, but a lot of uh, <laughs> modern music does get a little over sanitized in terms of mm -hmm. letting imperfections set in where older stuff, if you listen to it, there are some imperfections here and there that add character to the, to the track. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when everything, when a bass guitar sounds like it's sure, been sure, put, sure. Yeah, put through, uh, you know, those digital uh, processing and all the crazy stuff and the guitars are all compressed so perfectly that they're at whatever ratio it's like okay okay i get it you want that super clean whatever sound like that's their thing but that's not everybody's thing and i hope that newer artists don't don't listen to that and assume that has to be what everybody does mm. so yeah because one thing i really like about joe's writing in particular it is does have a lot of energy so when i'm approaching the mixing end of things and everything's like all lined up i try to maintain that as much as possible to where it feels like this would feel just as raw and visceral live as it does in this recording hmm. have you guys gotten the chance to play live because <laughs> no. there's yeah. only two of us i mean you guys could always do the the phantom players thing that's an option yeah. You just got to bring the energy. So. American Arson did it with just two people, and Death Therapy uh, does it with just two people. But those, both those bands have live drummers. That's yeah. That's the hard part. Not, I mean, it's not impossible. You, I think you guys saw, could do it. We saw We Are Victory last year. They came yes. through without a drummer. It was just the three of them: vocals, oh, okay. bass, and guitar. And they they put on a really good show. The trick yep. is simply to just make sure that the people that are there are bringing the energy yep. Like yep. a ton of energy to simply distract from the fact that there's not a drummer there. Oh yeah. I agree. Also I agree. bring a giant sheet to cover the drum kit. Cause otherwise <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah. They had a big, um, big sign yeah. banner that they just placed in front of the drum set. So, but anyway, yeah, that, I mean, it would be cool to see you guys play live because I think that your music really lends itself to a live audience kind of setting so it'd be mm. cool to see that really come to to fruition not only for you guys but for the people who listen to lazarus complex because i know that they probably want it more than anybody else oh where are you guys from i'm up in massachusetts on the new hampshire border you poor soul <laughs> uh, i'm 
currently residing in Connecticut. I moved out here earlier in the year, but uh, when I first met Joe, I was living down in New Jersey. And originally I'm from Texas. <laughs> you know, it was almost unredeemable, but then you said Texas and then things were okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I joke because my dad's family is on, uh, it's a uh, Long Island in New York. So I'm familiar with the uh, East Coast. So, yeah, I mean, go ahead, make fun of me now. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, I do like, enough of that. Like uh, no, on the East Coast, I learned very fast that you rib each other out of love. Yeah. So that's New York. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> that's the tri-state area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's New Jersey that nobody truly likes, but uh Connecticut is where everybody drives through to get to where they're going. So it that's is where assessment. It is. <laughs> I've I've been out here since February, and let me tell you, there's not much, but it's nice and quiet. So is Wisconsin <laughs> if you find the right place. Yeah. I don't know There's, about Wisconsin, dude. There yeah, is nothing weird. in Wisconsin. There is nothing. Yep. It's not great. Yeah, you're I'm either in a city way. or you're in a, in between two farms. That, that's your option. <laughs> on so. my way. <laughs> <laughs> and even okay. in the cities, there's nothing. There's just yeah, the, there's <laughs> just three Fast bars food. on every corner, and that's yep. all anybody does around here is just go to the bar. Oh, wow. That's all there is to do in Wisconsin. Yeah. What about this great cheese I hear about? There's that cheese. They eat the cheese while they drink beer. That's, (laughs) yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. uh, Preferably deep fried. So as cheese curds. Ooh. All right. Uh, Jake, we're going to go visit. Hey, man. As long as they got matzo sticks, too. Dude, you guys don't have cheese curds out on the East Coast? What the heck is that? They don't have covers. But they're fake. Like, um, oh, gross. You got to have some Culver's cheese curds, like fresh deep fried cheese curds. See, that sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like local food, like made fresh is always amazing. Like everybody fights about food up, up here, as far as I've noticed, like especially in the Tri-State area, everybody's trying to decide who's got the best pizza and stuff. And I've had it. Hear me out. No, no, <laughs> you have not had it. Oh, it is. Right. It is Espresso's Pizza in Lowell, Massachusetts. Best pizza I have had in my entire life. Well, what I'm saying is like I've had it in all different states. So I've had it in Connecticut. I've had it in New New York. I've had it in New Jersey. And let me tell you, the mom and pop shops, you can't beat them out here. Yes, that's true. Espresso's is a mom and pop shop. If you like sweet uh, sauce, you'll love Espresso's. My dad's rule is that it can't be matzo pizza. So, you know, like the thin crust. And the other, oh, no, the other floofy. Okay, so that's the other, the first rule. And the other thing is, it has to be foldable. Otherwise, it's not big enough. Yeah, so you, those are the two things. You gotta do the East Coast fold. Sorry, yep. that's the rule. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's the way I grew up. I'm used to that. I mean, out here in Wisconsin, every pizza that you order, if you're not careful, could be a, a thin crust. So it's not really <laughs> worth it. So you guys gotta stop talking about pizza and stuff because I'm on a diet because of my doctor and I'm not supposed to you eat cheese or fatty things and I'm supposed to cut out carbs. Like, dude, I'm sorry, you got two East Coast dudes out here. Like, it's inevitable. No, No, we have to talk about food because I've been on a fast for the last three days. Today is my first day actually eating food, so I'm talking about food now. Okay, literally. Pizza is comprised of everything that I'm not supposed to eat right now. So like, oh, no, I sent I sent Zachariah a picture of a cheeseburger with a uh, pineapple ring on it, 
because it, I was in the middle of my fast and I was like, this literally brought tears to my eyes because I couldn't <laughs> eat it. I couldn't like go make it. <laughs> and I was asking if you guys, for whatever reason, end up asking my wife whenever we end up meeting, cause that's going to be a thing. It has to. Uh, oh yeah. I, <laughs> I was randomly sitting at my desk Monday, the first day of my fast. And I started crying thinking about spaghetti. <laughs> because I, I was just already so ready to eat food. I don't know. So yes. Anyway, I am, to- <laughs> I'm on day. I'm at the end of day two with no caffeine for the oh, first wow. time in like oh, five I'm, years. Yep. So oh, sorry. sorry. I'm, I'm feeling it, guys. I, I'm feeling it, guys. But I'm doing it for the vocals because yep. my diet, we'll just say, has caused issues with my vocals. And oh. That's the fix is a change of diet. So yep, I agree. No I caffeine for me. I so back not. back to the East Coast. How is the culture for you guys? I know we see stuff like Diamonds to Dust playing a bunch of shows, as Lions as Lions and Lambs playing for at least a few shows from what I can remember. But they're Pennsylvania, New York. Mm. So for you guys in the in that little tri-state area, how does that work for you guys? Obviously, travel is probably paramount if you were to look at playing anywhere. Um, unfortunately for Massachusetts, the scene kind of died about 10 years ago. With the hardcore stuff? Yeah, the hardcore scene, the metalcore scene, the deathcore scene, it all yeah. died 10 years ago. Um, and it was like all the small venues closed. Uh, if you want a venue here, it's like a pay to pay to play venue it has to be a big venue you need to know somebody to know somebody to get in and so it's like it's an it's a travesty because it's like don't get me wrong like there's certain bands that come through they'll sell out real quick like i just saw seven dust back in march i fell in love because i you know seven dust is a huge inspiration but it's like they'll come through here they sell out and it's like they don't know what to do because like no metal bands no hard rock bands come up through here anymore Mm. So the venues have killed the scene. Yeah, I think there's maybe four venues that I go to between New Hampshire and Massachusetts. I know uh, down where Jake is, there's the Webster Theater, which I, might be something else now. But that's a huge scene for Connecticut. A lot of big bands play there. And uh, back down in Jersey, there was like, you could really count on your hand, like the amount of venues you could really go to to go watch a live show. Like one I played at, prior to playing with Lazarus Complex was uh, the Stanhope House. And that's like one of the oldest um, rock houses they have in New Jersey. And it's actually in danger of closing. So mm-hmm. like that's due to complications with the whole pandemic and just how everything panned out with that. Like not having, yeah. being able to have people dine there for a while, not being able to do live shows that had a heavy hand. I feel like in a lot of music venues, it's just going away. Yeah. I mean, we just played Life Fest, and honestly, it was so fantastic to get to meet a bunch of brothers and sisters in the scene. Nice. And I, I would love to continue that with every band that we ever make, con- you know, connections with, just because we love meeting all of you guys, um, especially in person, preferably. But yep. uh, with that, are you guys, are you guys changing how you see the future of Lazarus Complex, knowing that the local scene isn't quite. Uh, travel or venue viable that you have to just release stuff i've kind of had this motto uh even before i recruited jake into lazarus complex was like if i build it they will come (laughs) um 
Feel the dream. So, okay. Feel the dream. <laughs> it's a classic. All right. <laughs> but like, if if we keep putting out enough music, eventually people will want stuff. You know, I I always put out feelers for another guitarist or a bassist or a drummer. Sure. And so it's like, you know, if somebody looks back and they go like, wait, you guys want to play live show? You guys have how many albums? Like, mm-hmm. we, we have no shortage of material. We really and don't. Yeah. <laughs> Probably have about two, three sets worth. Um, and it's funny because like a lot of places, like I know we're starting to get a fan base in Florida, Ohio, California, Texas. And it's like, eventually, you know, something's going to give where somebody might join us locally or, you know, I've seen crazy things like um, a local band here uh, within the ruins, you know, their bassist and their new vocalist are from Texas and they fly out to Massachusetts to record and play. Hmm. I've heard of them. Really good. Joe's a huge inspiration of mine. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, that's, that's definitely interesting. And I, I think that that, lends itself to the potential hopefulness of doing that, but not relying too heavily on yourself and letting God do what he needs to do for and with Lazarus complex. Exactly. Yeah. All right. You you could always go ahead. Zachary. I was going to say one thing you could always keep in mind is if you know, you have an area that you have a significant fan base, Mm -hmm. you know, take a week off of work, head over in that direction set up a string of, you know, six shows in a week. <laughs> Many <Yeah>. residency. <laughs> yep. So I've made the joke too about uh, texting Jake. I'm like, hey, uh, what if I ask Matt to drum for us? You know, can, can <laughs> you take some time away from August Burns Red? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah. Hopefully if somebody hears this and reaches out to Matt, they're like, hey! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, he wrote half the drum parts anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... People have side projects yeah, all the time. You know, could happen. I'm sure hey. Matt would be really cool about it if he saw like a good opening in his schedule. I'm sure he would. Yes. Yeah. I'll play a show in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm down for that too. No, I'm, I'm all for the whole connections to get shows things. That's different. Mm-hmm. Like, cause that means that you're genuinely interested in being a part of the scene. You know, the promoters, you know, the other bands, you're not just a band trying to just squeeze their way to the top out of nowhere. Yeah. But what I do have a problem with is pay to play. That is BS. Get that out of here. Yeah. <laughs> no it's... band should have to pay to play. That's dumb. 110% agree with that. So, you know, I can understand splitting with the venue, you know, the ticket prices for that. Totally understandable. But like, you know, if a venue is like, hey, we need $2,000 before we even give you tickets, it's like, nope. What's the point? Yeah, exactly. Nope. Yeah, I'm I'm already putting in all the work. You guys are just providing a place for me to plug in my electric, you know, electrical components. <laughs> That's all you're doing. Just uh, stay out of my way and let me do my job. Let me plug in my laptop vocalist, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I forgot my drummer vocalist out, or drummer uh, laptop at home. Shoot, I'm gonna have to go back and get him. He's only six <sighs> hours away. Can this be used on Windows 95? <laughs> Turn it. I got Vista. <laughs> No, I don't use Ableton. It's all on Audacity. <laughs> it's all wave files. <laughs> I just click them on and click them off. Click, drag, click, drag. 
Oh man, I'm getting like those weird, weird thoughts of like future metal shows, but it looks like a DJ, you know, like instead of like the dance, like the EDM, except what they're mixing is actually like heavy metal or deathcore or whatever. And they're just throwing parts in of whatever. Have you seen that? Is that a thing? There's a robot, a bot that uses algorithms. Yeah. All right. This uh, this interview is over. I'm not going this far. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to leave it at I'm gonna leave it there. It, it disturbed me to a point where I'm like, that takes like the soulfulness out of music. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I enjoy because of the hilarity when uh, someone does the like, I made a robot read a you know ten thousand hours of whatever you know scripts or whatever else and write you know write a show or write a song depending on whatever that is. I hate it when people do that and they just do it to get the like. Hey, this song is very indie, so I'm gonna make a, a point about how it sounds like whatever band kind of thing. Mm, yeah. I hate that, but I do enjoy when a computer legitimately writes stuff because that's fun stuff. But uh, <laughs> that scares me because that really destroys the the creative process as an artist. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, but how am I supposed to mess some people up in the pit if there's not like actual musicians <laughs> up there to egg me on and keep me going? You know, I very much to see this place moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Circle pit, circle pit. <laughs> hey, at least the robot wouldn't do what I did at the show at Life Fest and send the wall of death too early and have everyone looking at me like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. gosh. Who had uh, exactly 0.3 seconds left before you were supposed uh, to my, initiate the wall of death? <laughs> my uh, My body pack went out halfway through that song. So I was just trying to like stay, you know, caught up and I yeah told people to go too early and half of them went and half of them looked at me like it's it's too early what are you doing and this is with a live drummer so there's no excuse (laughs) (laughs) drummers over there like yeah like dude no 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 breakdown's not ready (laughs) come on get out of here i got a half a measure (laughs) (laughs) so the song that we're looking at is burn So we typically focus in on the lyrics because we obviously, as Christians, find the lyrical content to be pretty important. Uh, As other musicians ourselves, obviously the instrumental part is also very important just because it adds to a a layer of it that, uh, you know, people wouldn't feel in a normal, I don't know, CCM song or otherwise. It's So the musicality is also important and we'll get to that part, but I want to give uh, Jacob, a chance to really talk about the lyrics. I mean, and if Joe, if you wrote any of these, um, so all right, <laughs> all right, all Jacob. So, Jacob, tell me about the lyrics. What was the inspiration behind uh, writing this song? So, remember what we were talking about earlier with the uh, mutual suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I could agree there. <laughs> no, like we wrote Burn at a time where we both basically got blindsided by two separate but very similar events. Hmm. And so the approach I took with writing those lyrics, um, Joe obviously had the scripture verse he referenced earlier, but for, for me, it was just like taking the feeling of like just almost like a confrontational sense of like look at like the aftermath you left here also taking the stance of like i'm gonna 
go straight through this because I know I'm going to come out the the other end of it. But it's still like just confronting the root cause of that. And that's what those lyrics really point towards. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when you get there's not even like separate verses. It's like one continuous thing up <laughs> until the breakdown. And yeah. so it was kind of like a personal letter towards the instigation of that event and just like dealing with the burning aftermath, just walking the visual of walking into the fire, knowing that even though you're going to deal with the pain, the burning, all of that stuff, you're going to come out of it like cleansed of what started it. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, it's very uh, reminiscent of James. Is it chapter one that I'm thinking of, Zachariah, where he talks about uh, basically he uses the reference of a a blacksmith that Mm. is melting away the imperfections in the metals that he's using to craft whatever he's crafting. And so that process you know, we, we look at it and we think about, oh, yeah, God's going to burn away the the rough parts of me. He's going to, you know, or the even the sharpening swords kind of uh, thing that we use as as Christians for, you know, iron sharpens iron. Mm. So we always think of it as, oh, yeah, great. I'm going to be sharpened. But we never think about the process. <laughs> oh, the pro- yeah, and it's a gut wrenching process to go through. it. It's something mm. I've had to continually revisit over Mm. the years since it's happened and i think burns spoke i think burns speaks to a lot of people in that same note just because of like how it addresses it yep no it's it's heavy and it's aggressive and i love whatever you did specifically for this song vocally i love that and the layering was fantastic oh thank you so yeah no it was it was great And when it got to the breakdown, I'm like, this is simple. I still want to punch somebody. This is good. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't do the hardcore dancing and I don't really do mosh pits myself. Mm. I got dragged into one by Zachariah recently and it was a wall of death where I nearly killed him and myself in the middle of it. But was it on time? It was. Yes, Yes. Yes, that That one was. was. Yeah. Yeah, that's because Matt knows what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, but I I love this song honestly. So it got to the end of it, mm. and I was just like, okay, Joe, come back in with something else. And then the song like actually ended. I'm like, no, 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 come back in with something else. Like now's time for a like breakdown number two. And I mean, maybe that's just the way that we write because we're so unpredictable mm. in the way that we write stuff. Our drummer hates it when he when we do that. We literally just. Hey, you know what? This could use another half of a breakdown. <laughs> and we'll just throw it in there. Like, you know what? We should do an interlude into another half chorus. And then <laughs> it's like, okay, there was, there's no process to this. Like, just write something reasonable. There's one song on the album that we don't even bother trying to play live because our drummer would hate us forever if we made him play it live. I'm not sure I would remember the full order of it, to be honest. Hey, mm. you, you're 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 talking. You're thinking the same song yep. I am. Yep. Assume. Yep. It has four different breakdowns in it, all of which are just very different from each other. The song mm. has it has no chorus. It's a very like linear song, just like one section after another, non-repeating stuff, and just it's great. I love it. 
just a train I love wreck. the song. But our drummer would probably kill us if yeah. we made him play it live. <laughs> it would be a fantastic song live. It's just it would. It's it like would. one of those anthems. It's so unless people like become a huge fan of it, there's no point in playing it. But uh, yeah, not only that, but it would be incredibly difficult considering there are two vocal features on. Yeah, it. that's that's uh, the other part. So we have two different people featured on it. Well, it'd be kind of difficult to. I might have yeah. to become not, a real screamer, not oh, just no. a backup screamer. Oh no! <laughs> we don't Ever. want that. We don't want that. Trust me. You don't. Nope. Mids for days, boys or highs. That's all you get. <laughs> so but yeah so for this song lyrically was there anything that really stood out to you a line or a section that you were like this was the part that really pushed this to be one of the songs on the album Mm, hang on i've got it written down that's all right i don't i never expect vocalists to fully remember every lyric of every song that they write (laughs) zachariah doesn't so that's why i don't I just, it, I don't even remember it when we play it live. I just sit there and kind of mumble scream stuff. It's great. I was going to say, like, when, when in doubt, just breathe. Just breathe. Yeah. Or tunnels. That's his other option. <laughs> well, I did throw a couple of those in the album. So <laughs> just a couple. But um, I think um, this is what I wanted to hit on a little bit earlier. There's a line where it changes the feel and you kind of hear this, like, explosion transition in the background like we played a lot with sound design on burn too like that was one of our earliest experiments with that mm-hmm. just adding in certain um, like the striking of like, a match and yeah, striking yeah. a match the explosions um there's like a mallet hit i believe at one point this is where it changes over but um the dual yeah dual theme going into it was uh following the lines did you really think everything could be the same as i walk into the flames of everything you're leaving behind i know my heart will rise again and as you run away to your own destruction i'll be here reborn from the ashes so Hmm. it's kind of taking a dual approach in that like through this situation both parties are going to get burned one of them's going to come through it like as you said like purified because god's working things for the best and the other one might be going off to their own destruction, like just being immolated completely. Sure. Because that's that's where the raw feeling was at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we've felt this before, and we've definitely brought it up on the podcast. Uh, there was a time in our band's history where I think it was at least all of us, or at least in a short period of time, where every single member of the band had something going on that was so... Uh, so powerful and affecting us in a negative way Mm. that it was really causing stress between each other, you know, Mm. uh, for those of us who are married in our marriages, other stuff like that. So when you guys saw this, you know, obviously you weren't like, Oh yeah, I I think a bad thing's going to happen coming up. But uh, when that started to like really overtake you guys in that sense, how, how was the response? And at what point did you guys realize okay, this is really just us getting attacked and we really need to, you know, you know, hunker down. We need to get ready. God has something for us in this project. And obviously something's trying to stop us from completing whatever that may be. I, I guess one of the big things is we, we kind of used that moment as like a catalyst, really. We, we were starting to write the album and then these two separate life-changing events happened like probably a week apart for Mm. us 
but it was like maybe we were done one or two songs and then like this all happened and we just threw everything at it and we i i know for me personally i i write very you know i'm not a man of words and that's why i love music so i viscerally write my reaction from you know this is how i feel on the inside it was kind of like taking all of that and just being like that's how i feel with no words (laughs) yeah and i i'm not not trying to discuss it in a way that you know just trying to get you guys to talk about what happened that's very personal and up to you guys it's just more of i see this happen a lot with a lot of bands especially as they uh as they try to follow the calling that god has put on them Mm -hmm. it seems that the enemy or our own sinful nature tries to get in between us and whatever ministry or otherwise that we've been uh, put in in order to glorify God in a, in a way that distracts us that either uh, focuses on self or distracts us enough that we get frustrated and get angry and we choose other lifestyles and choices that cause division and conflict between those that we should, you know, ourselves and those that we should be with more unified with, whether that's in our marriages or the band members that we're with. Mm. So I, I hope that you guys didn't have that struggle where you looked at one another and you're like, you know what? I want to hurt the other person, but like, <laughs> we're going to figure this out. So <laughs> no, no. The only time I got, ever got rough was just like, Joe, you forgot to send this. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Joe at base. Record bass. Like, calm down. That was an uphill battle right there. I tease him about it, but like the first time we added bass to a mix and we heard the difference, it was kind of like, this is where we actually need to start pushing ourselves to grow more. You have a chunky bass mix. I have to give you that. Every single time. Like our demos are pretty much bassless because we want our Mm. bass player, Maddie, to get the chance to record stuff. But as soon as she sends me what she wants me to play, I'll record it. Uh, on my base here and then i'll send it back and it every single time it's like that's exactly what it was missing it was missing base and I, yeah that's yeah <laughs> it just that <laughs> yeah I, i'm side side eyed you a little bit <laughs> At, you know i love being the guitar player but as soon as i add the bass i'm like yeah th- that's what it was that's what we needed in that song so i need to ask that you talent yeah, that and talent. We're not gonna have that. I mean, I as soon as you have the money, you can hire the guy. But like, mm-hmm. sorry, I, I, do ahead, have to, I do have to ask you now, especially with uh, I know with lower range stuff, having a bass cut through the mix. What do you guys tune to? And like six string, seven string. Yikes! So this is the hard part. <laughs> so yeah. so our six string is uh, B flat, drop B flat. Okay. And. Uh, so with that, a five-string bass covers that just fine. They just our bass player tunes a half step down. Half she step actually down, recently changed her tuning so that that way she doesn't have to uh, have multiple basses with her at one time. So what she tunes now to is five-string bass tunes it to drop A. So now she has a low Oof. A because when we have our eight-string or my eight-string for guitars. Yeah, that gives her a low A. Yeah, and then her E just matches whatever I'm doing. It's just the the timbre of it because it's a bass string versus you know a whatever 85 gauge string for a sing, yeah. for an eight string guitar. So that's what we do. I have eight string. I have 
six string and it's drop B flat for six and drop E for eight string. So I take the F sharp, tune it down to an E. Okay. So it's basically the, the standard, I guess, core tuning if you're using an eight string. It would be mm. like what most seven string bands do, except they're usually in like drop G sharp or something stupid like that. Mm. So is that what oh, you guys are in? Oh, oh, that's oh. basically what we've done, and <laughs> it works out really well for our eight string stuff because Sorry. I believe you do uh, an E flat on yeah. the eight string. Yeah, the eight strings tuned to drop E flat. Uh, okay, so you go another half step. All right. Yeah, so it's uh, the six string. We have six string stuff that's C sharp. Drop C sharp. Okay. Seven string, seven string stuff that's drop G sharp, and then mm. the eight string stuff, which is like double drop D sharp. So it's like a single five string bass tuned down half a step can play all of that equally. Yep. But all you need to do is do a quick guitar swap for the yep. guitarists. Yep. I did just recently change one of our songs to double drop D for just one song, just because vocally it wasn't something that if we for whatever reason you know because i don't trust our fans to not pick the bad songs off of our album <laughs> they're gonna listen to them and be like those are the ones we want you to play like none of those were the ones we were considering playing and now we have to <laughs> so uh just in case that ever happened i didn't want it there to be a song on the album that i was like struggling to sing and play ever mm. and so this one song that i wrote i I was like, you know what? It's been in the drop E for the eight string. We're just going to drop it down to the double drop D and just leave it at that. So just pitch the stuff that I, I need to and then re-record vocals and good to go. Yes. So that that one, I would have to get another eight string in order to play, but that's another story. So we'll figure that out when we get there. But <laughs> You don't uh, yeah. have to worry about having to play that one live because Hunter sings lead in that one. Yeah. And the second they hear his voice, they're going to be like, I don't want to hear this one again. <laughs> Oh, oh poor that's Hunter. not the only one. <laughs> that's that's okay. right. We allowed him to sing lead in two of 12 songs on this album. Wow. I don't know why we did that. Because Zachariah couldn't think of other songs worth writing. <laughs> no, because Hunter wrote the, the lyrics for those two songs. And it was like, eh, you wrote it. You just sing it. It's whatever. That's fair. We just won't that's ever fair. worry about having to play those ones live. <laughs> Until you get the outcry. We want well, that's those songs. That's that's my only concern. But if I can those only end hope. up being if those end up being the two most popular songs on the album, I will quit. <laughs> I am out of here. You don't have to quit, I'll quit. <laughs> so I'll just walk out of here. <laughs> I I don't want fans that think that those songs are real music. <laughs> No, they're they're not that bad, but yeah, I mm. I wouldn't, I definitely would not peg them as you know, like if a if a label looked at the album and said those are your singles, I'd say you're stupid. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a thing. So, sorry, you are misinformed. Yeah, that is just that's not accurate. Sorry, you can have that'll, opinions, but that's just false. <laughs> that'll be our test. If any record label ever wants to sign us, we show them those two songs and be like, what do you think of these two songs? And if they say, oh, they're fantastic, we'll be like, eh, no. Yep, we don't nope. want to sign with you guys. <laughs> yeah, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Great, we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, great, we have 10 more. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, tunings is something that we've mm -hmm. kind of talked about, but honestly, it's never been an extensive conversation for us. I don't know what, 
because uh, you guys do some singing, but not like a significant amount of it. So as far as that goes, is that really what plays into which guitar is which for a song for you guys? Nope. Mm, no, nope. not really. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Like the way I've written clean vocals to fit in is really just like whatever idea he's thrown at me. Like I'll listen for the opportunities to add them in. Like our song, Remember You Will Die. I was um, thinking that one. Yep. That was really the first one where I was like, okay, we really can't start off all like Rah! from the get go because we have this like nice clean mm. guitar just playing over and it's this real chill moment. So I was like, okay, let's let's do a three part harmony, see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is that is metalcore. Yeah, and just... so it it turned out really cool because it turned it turned out to be like this almost dirge like. Uh, vocal lead in mm. to the main part of the song, mm. and then we punch you in the face. I As like you should punch in the face. Yeah, it's fun. I'll say if if you go from a quiet and clean part, unless what was the Demon Hunter album that they released? Uh, well, which one are you talking about? The most recent because they did the dual thing where uh, the War and, War and Peace. Peace. Okay, so the Peace album. Mm. Unless you're doing that and only that. I expect to get punched in the face at some point in a song when there's a lot of clean and quiet. So <laughs> I had a lot of inspiration off that with uh, an old beneath the sky song. They started in with like a really classic guitar and you're like, Oh, this is great. And then it was just like, and you're like, yeah. Uh, Do either yeah, of you guys listen to uh, any uh, Opeth? Oh, Opeth yeah. I've listened to. Yeah. Okay. I'm a huge fan of like their first five albums, anything pre like 2005, pretty much. Oh, so I'm not a huge fan of the newer stuff, but I love their symphonic elements and the acoustic mm. and the clean stuff mixed in with the more death metal kind of style. I, I love hearing that. Obviously, I don't think we're going in that direction in any way, shape or form. But when I see another band that does that, and um, if you guys haven't heard of Crowned in Sorrow. Uh, okay, I'm writing that down. Yep. Yeah. Check them out. Uh Derek Corzine, Corzine, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. Fantastic band. De uh, death metal, like an Opeth Christian copy. Nice. It's fantastic. All right. Well, definitely I totally wrote that down. Because that's actually something we're playing with right now is a lot of, um, I just got a huge symphony orchestra um, plug-in. Yeah. And I've been sitting here writing so much crazy orchestra big stuff so it's like i want to hear more definitely check them out they are well worth the time definitely i'm trying to pull up the name of the album that i specifically in memoriam is the one that's a great oh, album memoriam. so it's the most recent one that he wrote it was uh in in memory of uh his dad passing away so oh. yeah but it's a fantastic album they they really poured all into that album so but uh that's yeah. That's a great sound. I I love that kind of uh, influence. I don't think it'll ever influence my playing though, because Zachariah would never let me. Nope. But uh... <laughs> hey, 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 text me after the call. <laughs> but it's always interesting to see where people go with that, like because Burn ends with that like clean and quiet guitar. I mean, it's it's a dissonant sound. So mm. it still has that feel of like there's tension. It's not resolved in any way, but mm. it's not the the super heavy, super fast guitar anymore. 
So I don't know. Was that a, a basis for transition into the next song in the album or what was the, the idea in ending that song that way? Um, it's honestly a really good question. I know that that's that, that dissonant part I wrote into the breakdown too. If you listen really closely, Mm -hmm. it's, it's muddled in the back. Um, but I don't know. I just wanted to end on something that wasn't just like breakdown end. And then Jake added the awesome crackling fire under that dissonant guitar to kind of fade out on. Mm -hmm. So I guess it was, we were just kind of like, that's kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because go ahead. I feel like lyrically where the songs end ended Mm -hmm. was like a good place to stop it and let like sit with the people because it's, it's a statement in itself. (laughs) Like where the song ends is kind of a direct statement towards at least my end of like what happened that year. And uh, (laughs) so like letting it just sort of fizzle out there, I felt was really good because it lets you reflect on just the whole roller coaster you went through. Like sure. just, not just the instrumentals, but like what the vocals were saying, that last breakdown, just like sit on it. And then it is followed up with like one of our crazier songs, The Crooked Man. That one's fun. Yeah. I I love it. It's I think it's good writing to not have everything sound the same. And the way that you guys made Burn stand out, I think is something that people will always not only appreciate, but something that people will always reference in a way that they're like, you know, it'd be cool to see something like this, you know, even if it's built upon or otherwise, I think that that's something where you guys can say, we put not too much into it. Like you were saying before, like you didn't Mm. sit there and fine tune every tiny piece, but you added in the, the stuff that was stuff. People wouldn't think about the sounds that may not necessarily be an instrumental thing i mean and that's that's something that's a part of the music that i think people miss a lot so i i know i appreciated it because it's something like okay i actually and i hate to say though i feel like i'm there and like where where like i feel like i'm there though like with the song like there's something about the song that sets it apart from just listening to another song Mm. so I got to give you something now that you're going to have to hear and you're going to have to go back and listen to one of our older songs. You're going to be like, no, no, no. forever ruin this. Go and listen to Ululating Horror Horror, and know that that scream in the intro that comes in like over the crazy drum solo fill was about 12 giant three foot tall rubber chickens. (laughs) It's true. I love it. (laughs) Go and listen back, and you're gonna be like, no. And it's just you hear this dissonant, like ah. it's 12 rubber chickens. We we have an equally crazy story that we will not share was, online um, that we will wait to tell you guys after the, that is, the recording yes, is done. We got <laughs> we got a real good story about that one, but we're just not gonna share it. Yeah, not for copyright public. reasons, we're not allowed to oh, share. Oh, okay. Oh. So uh, yeah, because if if it was ever found out, a certain company would own one of our songs. So we're not going to uh, do that. But uh, anyway, did you guys see, have now any... we're going to have people trying to dig through our music to figure stuff out? That's the thing. <laughs> that's fine. They can find the views out. Go up. Yeah, they can find out uh, if uh, they if join our Patreon that's to... non-existent. 
but <laughs> if they're smart enough to reverse engineer everything we did to that good yeah. on them yeah wow. i say we can say it all we want but until they can prove it technically it's not legally you know the proof of or the burden whatever is on them to prove that it's true so good luck but yeah did you guys have any uh closing thoughts comments on the album on burn just anything that uh you want your fans to know people that are listening to this soon to be fans uh we're recording our next ep in like three four weeks yeah we're planning on it late august yeah mid to late august and this is the first time we're recording in person together nice um and this one's a fun one so it was uh kind of took inspiration from like the devil wears prada how they did like the zombie ep uh alien ep and we're doing like a majora's mask ep you're, you're talking original zombies not zombies too right yeah og zombie zombie okay, one th- thank you thank you two was cool don't get me wrong i, I just one, need a clarification <laughs> one one was better yeah uh, one is iconic I went back and re-listened to that like while writing the Majora's Mask EP, and I'm like, man, this thing slaps still. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're we're doing a Majora's Mask EP where it's like it's all original material, but we kind of took like um, you know, like the first boss is like the jungle warrior, he's very dancey, so we made like a super slammy, two-steppy dance kind of song to it. Then the next song, you know, was the giant goat you know and we kind of made it more industrial death metal and then the next song was you know georg the giant leviathan so we like we made it very proggy very stop go stop go stop go Mm -hmm. so it's like we really pushed ourselves with um the writing on this next ep so we're really excited to be putting that out nice i i do like me some uh thematic music it's it's a fun ap to where we can take a break from the personal stuff and just like have fun and then we're also writing album three in the background of all of this. And uh, I'm really excited because we plan on recording one of the singles for it at the same time we're recording um, the EP. And that's the song with the angry drums, um, the angry snare. <laughs> angry snare. And the angry snare. And this one, if you liked Burn, who oh boy. Yeah, I, re- I requested a specific band when we were talking about doing this song. And Joe was like, can do. And he did deliver. <laughs> he very much delivered. All right. I mean, even if you don't like Burn, go listen to it. Don't be that guy. Come on. <laughs> I mean, but who's not going to like Burn? That's just, that's foolishness. Oh. So, now, are we looking at like an early 2023, late 2023? Or what are you guys predicting? Is there any timeline that we're looking at for the EP? Uh, for the EP? Yes. Um, what, probably October? Oh, okay. So you guys are going from recording August to have it done this year yet. Right. The EP is basically all done except vocals are tracked. Um, so it's like all the instrumentals are already refined. I've been sitting on this EP for a while. Yeah. Sure. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And poor Jake. Like I said, he he puts up with my madness where it's like, I'm like, Jake, I already wrote another six songs. Jake, I already wrote another two songs. Uh, Jake, I have an idea for an EP. It's like, well, we started with four and then we somehow got eight. Hey, hey, hey. there's two transition songs. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like I wake up one morning, it's like, hey, I got about I got stuff ready for like track eight. I was like, what? (laughs) Eight? You said four. (laughs) I don't know how to count. Did I say eight? I meant 12. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep adding them. 
All right. So you guys heard it. We got the EP and then you said an album in the background. So that one's a TBD, I'm assuming. It's sometime really. 2023. Yeah. A okay. very heavy TBD. That's that's very fair. And uh, you guys know as well as we do that uh, support is everything. So for all the people listening to this and all the fans of Lazarus Complex that eventually hear this, go support them. Come on, guys. Don't be don't be like that. <laughs> Albums don't just happen out of nowhere. The it takes more time when the the support isn't there. It's a ministry as much as you see it in in another spot, because uh, it's basically just how much can I deteriorate myself between the job that I'm doing and the you know raising a family and whatever else that you have going on between that and trying to just okay, well I'm gonna write a song today. Like oh no, a kid's sick. I guess I'm not writing a song today. So yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> Not fun stuff, so help them out. All right. That's all we got. I will have all of your stuff in the show notes as usual, so guys, click those links, seriously. And join both the Discords. Join the Blue Fire Horizon one. That's in the show notes. I will not put the uh, all-consuming podcast Discord in our show notes, but only because uh, Gary probably doesn't listen to this, but if Gary ever listens to this, even once, I will put it in. I will put it in the next show notes for him. I just won't for say him. a word. Yeah, and I say don't tell him. He has to hear it himself. He yeah. has to hear it himself. Yeah, yeah. Don't nobody nobody tell Gary. Make sure he listens to this. Just tell him. Like you can tell him to go listen to the episode, but if he doesn't get this far, then he doesn't know. Yeah. So, then what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. All right. Everything in the show notes. Join our Discord. Join the all-consuming Discord. Uh, go support Lazarus Complex. If for nothing other than to talk to Joe and harass him, join our Discord. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, man, I started commenting a thing. I got blasted with memes. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, but I love it. Memes? No, we we don't have memes in our Discord. There's no joking. It's Jesus and only Jesus in our Discord. We don't joke. Very true. No, no, very serious. All the time. Yeah, Yeah. all the time. Boom, dead face. So Mm -hmm. you just have to scroll past the thousand memes. But he's lying. It's just all memes. Yeah, it's. it's I don't know. This, this is this is all memes, <laughs> right there. I got. It. We have a dedicated meme channel, but anyway, <laughs> we do. So we're thankful that the we. Memes, the memes still sneak their way into other channels. That's, anyway. that's very true. We're working on that, but we're thankful to have you guys on. Glad that people could facilitate this. Glad that we could get it together in a relatively short period of time. I'm honestly more concerned with the other bands that we reach out to that just never respond to us. So if you're one of those people, you probably have my number. If if you're hearing this and you're in a band and you have been asked to be on, just text me back. Come on, we've been trying. So Please. we yeah, I say we got we got Joe and Jacob on in like I don't know. It took me all of like ten seconds for me to go from Hey, do you want an interview? To It's a date with Joe in our text. <laughs> so it was like three days. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. So, all right. Thank you guys again. And uh, we'll be playing Burn up next. God bless. You can help support us by heading over to anchor.fm forward slash TWIE pod and clicking on the donate button where you can select one of a few monthly donation rates of $1, $5, or $10. All money helps keep this podcast up and running as well as supports lesser known Christian artists. Thank you for listening and God bless.
Thank you, Carl!